All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, August 7th of 2023 here. First show of the week after the weekend here. For those of you guys who don't know, we do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You guys can post your questions one of three ways. First off is in the live YouTube chat. Second, you guys can send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Third, you can post your questions in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description below. You also get access to all of our similar channels and all of our individual sport channels. Can't say enough good things about the Discord. Would highly recommend joining if you are trying to uh, grow as a DFS player here. But with that said, Looks like we have an eight-game MLB main slate today, and then we also have the FedEx Championship teeing off Thursday morning. Uh, PGA regular season is over here, so uh, looks like we are getting into the playoffs here. So it should be fun. But with that being said, going to get the app pulled up here, and we have a few questions here. Got one in the support channel, and looks like about uh, three or four in the office hours channel, one in the YouTube chat. So that should keep us busy to get the show started. But if there is anything on your guys' mind that you guys want to ask, now is a great time to get those questions in. But first question here from support. Question says, do you think that DFS has passed a lot of people up that don't have the time to do the full process? All I'm looking for is someone to take my money, help me build competitive lineups and cash once in a while. I guess what I'm saying is I have the money to invest, love DFS, but the thing I am lacking is time. Well, what I can tell you here is that you have come to the right place. Like, you know, all, all things uh, as unbiased as I can be. SaberSim is the one optimizer where you do not have to set a bunch of rules. You do not have to set a bunch of groups to get what you are looking for, right? SaberSim is not a, a dumb optimizer that is just trying to pack in as many projected points as possible, right? We are doing things to SaberSim to help it understand what you need to win your lineup, what you need to win your contest. And we're doing that on a contest level, on a sport level, right? We understand the different rules between sites. So the big way we're doing that, right, is with these build settings. We understand, uh, hey, is this a GPP or is it a cash game? You're going to need something different to to either, you know, get across the cash line in a cash game or have enough upside in your lineup to win a GPP contest, right? Uh, what's the entry limit? What? How many entrants are in the contest? We are asking you all this information so we can give your lineups the, the appropriate amount of upside and the appropriate amount of correlation, right? As I change this, if I'm playing single entry, less than 100 entrants, right? My sim diversity is going to be down at five. That's telling the builder, hey, we don't need to have so much upside to have a competitive lineup in this contest but when i'm playing the large field 150 max flagship our sim diversity goes all the way up to nine saying hey we are gonna need you know a very a very high score to win this contest and sim diversity is going to help you do that right it is searching for upside in these small samples of game sims that we're running right so uh, at sim diversity nine we are taking a few sims of each game and then running that and then building your lineup from there uh, the less sims you use, the more outlier performances some players can have, right? Away from their average projection. And then as we lower this number, we are moving closer and closer toward the player's average projections. Not all the way there unless we get to zero, but but 
this is just a way of showing you like we understand upside and and we know how to account for it in different contests, right? So if you want to find an optimizer where you can log in, trust the projections on the home screen, build your lineups, do some risk management, maybe uh, you know, you have some opinions about a team or pitcher that you want to use, you know, put those small few inputs in the post build here where it is a uh, fairly safe environment to do that, right? You are not adjusting anything on the home screen. You are just weeding through the pool of lineups we have built you to find the ones you want to play. I, I can attest that, you know, you are building competitive lineups in a short amount of time. So can't say enough things about, you know, the time saving that we do, but um, I think that's, that's one really important feature that we have here and uh, can save you guys a lot of time if you're looking for what this user is looking for, right? Just, just hey, I want to build some competitive lineups. I want to sweat it out and I don't want it to take up too much time. You come to the right place. So let me know if there's any more questions around that one. Going to jump over to the Office Hours channel. First question that came in from FB. Question says, when following the DFS profit plan and building lineups for single entry, three max and 20 max lineups a night, is it best to build for each GPP separately or should you fill the single and three max from the 20 entry build using the unique random method? Okay, great question here. So um, following the DFS profit plan, right? What the profit plan says is, hey, you want to split up your entry allocation into a certain percentage in single entry and three max and then a certain percentage in 20 max and 150 max. The way that I like to handle actually building the lineups is just with two builds. So if I am playing a single entry, a three max and a 20 max contest, I will do one build for the 20 max. And then I will do another build for the single entry and three max. And then what I will do is um, it depends how many lineups you're playing, but let's say I'm just playing these three contests. I would just build four lineups for the single entry and three max, and then get four unique lineups in. Uh, it gets a little weird sometimes where, you know, maybe you're playing like some some low dollar satellites on like FanDuel and, you know, first place is like a $4 ticket. Uh, you might not want to put a unique lineup in that. So the way that I like to look at it is I like to go through my contest list for the night and then figure out, okay, which contest do I actually care about winning first? And, and I will figure out what those are and then I will build that amount of unique lineups. So say I'm playing 10 single entries and no three maxes, right? So I have 10 lineups that I need to build. Maybe I'm playing um, seven tournaments, seven GPPs, and the other three contests are satellites for like a low dollar uh, flagship contest. Then I would only build seven lineups and then I would just use those seven lineups. I would use three of them twice to fill out those last three contests, right? So if you have 10 lineups, or I'm sorry, 10 contests, seven lineups. I would just probably unique random it. And then um, the great thing about unique random or unique rank, it will not reuse a lineup until all lineups have been used. So it will make sure all seven lineups get used and then it will re, uh, re-put one, how do I say this? So I'll use all seven lineups and then three of the lineups will get used twice. Basically, that's what I was trying to say. So that's the way I like to do it. Let me know if you have any questions about that. Next question here in the Office Hour channel. Question says, how contrarian does one need to be for single entry tournaments? What are ways one can make an entry contrarian? Okay, great question here. And this kind of builds off of that first question that we talked about where, you know, we are 
so 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 the way we get our slider settings right let's take a step back is we are back testing contests to figure out what the best uh slider settings are right we did an entire behind the sims series on this if you guys want to learn more about what that process here oops sorry um if i go on our youtube channel i go to podcasts go to behind the sims so in this behind the sims playlist uh let's go back to the playlist i just want the list okay so here it is so it is going to be this contest simulation series so this is actually a really long series episode six through episode 13, all of these are fairly long. There are, uh, you know, behind the scenes meetings about what we are talking about, analyzing the data and, and walking through it, right? But it ultimately ends with new default sliders. And this was specifically for baseball about a year ago here. So you guys can see, you know, just with the length of these videos, and this is just the, the snippets that we put out, how much work goes into uh, getting these things right for you guys. But that being said, Getting back to the app here, we understand, you know, how contrarian you need to be for single entry. And then, you know, how contrarian you need to be for single entry under a hundred, under a hundred entries, how contrarian you need to be for single entry over a thousand entries, right? That matters. And then we also take that into account with your Sabre scores, right? So Sabre scores also going to help you be more or less contrarian. And the way it does that is with the negative weight on average adjusted ownership, right? So you guys are probably all familiar with ownership in your contest. It is how many lineups are rostering a certain player. So we created adjusted ownership, which is a way that we take that original ownership projection that we have, this SS own column, and then we look at the player's range of outcomes, and then we adjust the player's ownership based on how um, – how likely they are to achieve their average projection here. And then we use that value. We actually use a negative weight. So what that means is the higher the adjusted ownership, the more we want to uh, stay away from that lineup. The, the lineup is being taxed, if you will, for having these high owned pieces in it. And then lineups with lower owned pieces are getting, are getting boosted in a sense because that negative weight is not having as much of an effect on those low owned lineups. So if you guys want to see what those weights look like, I think one of the best things to do here is go to your Sabre scores. You click this eye icon, start with the lowest entry contest. And I'm just going to do the first and last here. So large slate 100 to 1K Sabre score has a negative 0.4 weight on average adjusted ownership here. And then if I were to do the largest number of entries, 50K plus, it's going to have a negative 0.7% weight on average adjusted ownership. So what this is telling you is that, hey, Sabre score understands as the number of entries in your contests get bigger, you are going to need to be more and more contrarian along the way. So this is the rate that we think you should be contrarian at. Uh, if you don't agree with this weight, if you want to be even more contrarian than this, uh, I would say that, you know, it, if, if that's something that you want to take advantage of on the Saberson Pro plan, you can create a custom metric. And what you can basically do is recreate this Saber score and then increase the weight of the average adjusted ownership. So people will come on the show. Hey, I want to start using custom metrics. I want to build some of my own metrics. I have some of my own thoughts here. I don't know where to start. My favorite place to tell people where to start is with the Sabre score formula, use it as your baseline and build outward from there. Maybe you 
uh, get rid of a variable. Maybe you replace a variable. Maybe you add a variable. Maybe you change the weights. But either way, this is a solid starting point that you can feel comfortable knowing that, hey, this where I am right now with this Sabre score is, is back tested with lots and lots of data. And, and I should feel comfortable starting from here rather than starting from scratch, right? So um, if you're interested in increasing the weight and being more contrarian here, I would recreate the custom metric on the pro plan and increase the negative weight here. And that's probably one of the best things that you can do. All right. Um, also, you know, if you're not on the pro plan, just thinking about this out loud here, um, having a higher sim diversity will also help you be more contrarian. So let's say you're playing single entry, you know, um, 11 to 100 entries. Maybe this is like a higher dollar. Maybe, you know, you think that the competition is going to be sharper here and, and you want to be more contrarian and get a little different. Uh, just increasing your sim diversity alone is going to take smaller and smaller buckets of sims. So that will help you get on different plays. So um, if you guys want to do that, method here i think increasing sim diversity by you know two ticks three ticks something like that should also help you be more contrarian if that's what you need to do all right good question there really like that one next question here from ak ak says hi andrew i've been looking for players after running a sim that have adjusted ownership that is below the saber sim ownership and giving them a little bump based on previous videos I've watched about playing the field, but I don't have enough time to research the slate. Usually I'll put them at their 50th percentile. This is a decent approach and a crunch. Are there more drawbacks to this? Okay. So what it sounds like is that AK is saying, hey, I'm running a sim. I am comparing adjusted ownership to ownership. And for the guys that are grading out better, I am making sure that I am getting some exposure to them. And then it says, I don't know what this part meant. It said saying, usually I'll put them at their 50th percentile here. Uh, so, so what I'm thinking, maybe you're saying is that, Hey, I am increasing their projection to their 50th percentile, which, which for some guys here would, would give them a little bit of a boost uh, depending on who you're looking at. Right. So usually if you are looking at batters for MLB here, their mean projection is usually going to be higher than their 50th percentile. And that is because if you look at their range of outcomes here, the data is usually what we call like a, a, a tail to the right or a right skewed data set where they have all of these, you know, very, very, um, small percentage of the time outcomes, but very high fantasy point outcomes that are shifting the distribution to the right. So this right skew data set is going to have a bigger effect on the mean projection than it is going to have an effect on the median, which you can see by the median being 10 and the average projection being 11.48. But if you were to go and look at your pitchers per se here, right, their 50th percentile is usually going to be a little higher than their mean, not much, but some and the reason for that is that because these players are much more normally distributed with this nice bell-shaped curve here. So if you are coming in and doing something like that, I think that's okay. Um, usually on average, pitchers are going to be have a lower adjusted ownership for that exact reason here. So if you are trying to find some pitchers that are a little more um, reliable, a, a little more likely to achieve their projection, and you're using adjusted ownership to help you do that, if, if you are finding value doing that, I think that's fine. I don't think it's hurting you at all by doing that. Um, I think that, you know, it's an opportunity to 
take a, uh, you know, trial and error approach and see if that is something that is helping you get to better pitchers, right? So I would say do that for, you know, a couple of weeks here, see how it's going and then reevaluate and then readjust if necessary. And it looks like AKC here said exactly if they are lower, I'll take a look at their 75th and kind of gauge what to bump projections that way. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm feeling you here. I, I don't think this is a, a bad approach. I think you could totally do this, but I would definitely do it for a little while and then reevaluate and see, you know, Hey, uh, you know, write it down, keep it, keep it log. Hey, I, I adjusted, you know, Spencer Strider and Freddie Peralta. Uh, did they do well? Right. And then do that for two weeks and then see how it goes and then see if you want to continue that or, or make an adjustment to it. Right. So keeping, keeping a log, keeping yourself accountable and um, understanding if you are helping or hurting your lineups is, is very important. All right. Next question from Tay Long. Question says, can you talk about limiting your pool and taking a stand? I know several Sabre guys don't limit their pools, but I'm curious what the process would, would look like for somebody, someone that knows the Sims. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so really we're not huge on like player pool curation here. And, and that's really because, you know, we, we trust the Sims a lot. We understand that, Hey, when, when we are bucketing, uh, bucketing the sims right we are we are randomly sampling the sims we are pulling a certain number of game sims from each game to build your lineup basically what's happening is 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 that you're getting some curation of of outliers by doing that here so the reason that we don't like to build on sim diversity 10 for large mlb classic slates is because taking a single game sim and doing that for each game on the slate, running a slate simulation, and then building your lineup from there, you can get outlier performances from guys who may, may not do very well over the long term. here, may have a low average projection, may not, may not uh, be a great play for your large, large field slate, right? We're not trying to build the optimal lineup. We're just trying to build the winning lineup. And those are two different things, right? The winning lineup is going to be much less than the optimal uh, highest fantasy point score that you can build. So, Running Sim Diversity 10 is great for finding outliers, but but they might be too far out there, right? So the reason your Sim Diversity is at nine, it even even on the you know biggest largest slate here, is because when we're running simulations on Sim Diverse, we're running Sim Diversity nine, we're taking small buckets of Sims. So maybe we're taking five Sims of each game, and then we are uh, running those games out, right? Well. If, if some seven hitter on Atlanta does really good in one game sim, there's still four other sims that he has to do decent enough in to have his projection over those five games be good enough to get into your lineup, right? And so by, by doing that, by making the players have more than one good sim, uh, that kind of tells you that, hey, you know, this player might be a good play at the rate that they show up across your pool. So so that's why we don't really limit our player pool here. I think that, you know, we understand that the Sims are are uh, weeding those guys out if if they're not doing well enough over a certain number of game Sims here. But but aside from that, right, if you wanted to um, limit your player pool, some things that you could do is something that I'll do personally here, just speaking for myself, is I will look at pitchers specifically here and I will limit um, pitchers that I think are either on an innings limit, on a pitch count limit, um, pitchers that I think lack the upside to go deep into games, right? So somebody that I have been watching out for uh, today, I was looking at this a little earlier today, is, let's see if I can find them. Um, actually, I got to go by projection. 
Um, I don't see him. Oh, okay, so um, I was actually looking at the Fanduel all day slate here. So let's go to. I think it's. I think he's on the turbo. So Miami here, right? I was looking at Miami, and I was looking at Yuri Perez. And Yuri Perez is this young, uh, really good pitcher for the Marlins here. He's only 20 years old. He pitched really well in the summer, like June. And then in July, they sent him down. And he went down, and then he took three weeks off. And then he's had two starts since then where he's thrown 45 pitches, 63 pitches. He's slowly been ramping back up, but I was just reading on, on him. And then you could, you guys can um, – Rotomire has, like, uh, player profiles with news and stuff. So I think that their their site is good for like uh, looking into specific players. But basically, they're they're he's thrown more innings this year than in the last two years. They've already been resting him. They're watching his innings very carefully here, and um, it's not it's not super clear how many pitches he's going to throw tonight. But but what I've gained from that is like, hey, Miami's being really careful with this guy. Even if this guy is you know shoving, throwing a no hitter, they're not going to stretch him. They're not going to let him go. At least that's my take on the slate, right? So I think that Miami is going to be very careful with this guy. I think he lacks upside, right? He's an 8K pitcher uh, because of his skill, but just the context of the game and where he's at in the season, I don't think he's going to pitch long enough uh, to to really, really shine, right? And I think there are probably better options here. So those are things that I'm looking for with pitchers specifically is where their upside is capped by some managerial decision. But with that being said, um, can you talk about limiting your pool and taking a stand? So, so to me, right, I'm okay xing out Yuri Perez here and and taking that stand. So, um, not sure like exactly what what uh, specific questions I guess you were looking to have answered here. But but these are ways that I'm looking to uh, curate my pool on a uh, player by player basis, just very very specifically here. But I'm not looking to do it, you know, broad spectrum. Like, hey, I don't want to play any seven, eight, nine hitters in my lineup. Like, I, I would actually never do that, right? I think that those players uh, can add a lot of value to your lineups, can help you get different from the most chalk constructions here, right? Like playing the chalky team, but playing them with with a uh, interesting combination of of players and mixing in some of those bottom of the order guys that maybe other player other uh, users in your contest want to stay away from. So uh, yeah, as far as, as far as that, no limitations for me, but on the pitcher level, I am looking for some of those things, especially late in the season to try and curate my pool a little bit here. And then just, just one more thing on this. If you're talking about taking a stand on like a team or, or, um, or players on like an exposure level here, right. The, the best thing to do is look at their ownership and then use that as like a guide where you're saying, maybe I like Spencer Strider. Maybe I want to play him. I think he's a really good play against Pittsburgh. I think he's going to do really well. I want to take a stand on him in a positive sense. I would relate that to his ownership, right? So if you are matching his ownership exposure, if you are getting 30% Spencer Strider in your lineups, then in that case, he is neither hurting nor helping you, right? You are rostering him at the same rate as the contest is. So, so you have to think about it that way, right? Think of it as like a uh, like absolute value from from the um, from his from his ownership, right? So if you're going above thirty percent, then you are getting uh, you know so much positive leverage, and then if you're going below thirty percent, you're getting so much negative leverage, right? So twenty five percent would be negative uh, would be like 
5% less than the field. And then 35% would be 5% more than the field. So I'm okay taking, you know, big stands on these guys. Um, you know, honestly, like anywhere from 1.5 X to three X their ownership, I think it's fine depending on how you feel about it. That'll help you get some positive leverage and then negative leverage. Maybe you think he's a bad place. So you want to go, you know, half the field, 15%. You want to go a third of the field, 10% and, and have less shares of him than the average user will. So just different ways to think about it there, but it also really comes down to your risk tolerance here. All right. Um, those are all our questions in the support channel and the office hours channel, jumping over to the YouTube chat here. Got uh, three questions here in the YouTube chat. So if anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get those in. See a lot of people uh, still trickle the link in here, joining the stream. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. All right. Old Man Gamer said, how do you save 20 lineups out of 500 without having to delete the other 480? I'm trying to only download the 20 I pick. Okay, great question here. So if you are in a build and you have a certain number of lineups selected here, so your number of lineups box at the top says 20. So, so a couple of different things by download here, right? Um, you could you could just download the lineups file, right? The lineups file is not going to be able to be uploaded to DraftKings, so or FanDuel or wherever you're playing. So I just want to be clear: like if you are looking for just the raw lineup file where you are, you know, you have some outside process where you just need the player IDs and then you run that through your own thing. Uh, if you want to do that, we have this download lineups button. If you change this, if you go from lineups to pool. Now this green button is going to change and say download pool. So when you are clicked on lineups, however many lineups you are viewing, the, these 20 lineups, it will only download those 20 lineups. When you click on pool, it will download the entire pool of lineups now. So that is the one distinction here between download lineups, download pool. If you are looking to take the content, the, the lineups with you into your contest, then you need to use the fill entries button. And then from the fill entries button, you will download your entries file and then uh, bring in your entries file here. And then you can fill your contest. And then when you click download all entries on this fill entry screen, this will be the CSV format that the site recognizes that will successfully upload your lineups into your contest. So, uh, Use download lineups or download pool for using uh, outside sources here, running it through, you know, some, some other process here. And then use the fill entries to put your lineups into your contest to upload to the site. So those are the two ways to do that. All right, scrolling down here. Snowman said, when will the NFL week one be ready? Uh, great question here. I honestly don't know. I think that we're probably still a couple of weeks away here. Uh, we'll probably have some initial sims. If I had to guess within the next three weeks here, uh, I know opening weekend is uh, September 10th. I believe that's opening Sunday, but there will be a uh, Thursday game. I'm pretty sure here. So look for something within like the next three weeks here. And uh, we will definitely communicate that to everybody when that is closer. All right, last question at the moment from Samuel B. Samuel said, with that said, I've noticed that relief pitchers show up a lot in showdown sims. Does that mean they are simming well? Okay, this is a really good question. So I believe there is a showdown slate this afternoon, uh, San Diego and the Dodgers here. And the so, so relief pitchers are interesting, right? Um, one thing that I like to do personally here, there's a really good website on um 
our really good page on baseball press. Let me pull that up for you guys. Hold on, just getting it all set up. Okay, uh, on on baseballpress.com forward slash bullpen dash dash usage here. I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for this to load, and I'll bring it up. But um, they have like a log basically of of how often pitchers have been pitching, how many pitches they've thrown in the last five days, uh, who's been pitching, who hasn't been pitching. And you can kind of use that to curate your relief pitchers here. Unfortunately, guys, it is not loading. I don't know why it's not coming up here. So I'm just going to hop back to SaberSim. But, but either way, I can link it for you guys here. And I'll just put it in the chat. If you guys want to check it out later, maybe you'll have – some luck that I'm not having here, but baseballpress.com forward slash bullpen dash usage. It, it'll show like the last five games. It'll show who's pitched, right? I like to use this to come in and, and curate my relief pitchers. I think relief pitchers are a huge edge in showdown here. And we talk a lot about it in our YouTube content here. So if you're on our YouTube channel and we have our, how to be MLB DFS in 2023 playlist here. If you go to the home screen, uh, go to playlists, how to beat MLB DFS in 2023. Jordan's done some videos here. Uh, Learn the secrets to beating MLB DFS showdown. And I believe there's a, another one. There might be some other content. If you go to the home screen and then just type in uh, MLB showdown in the search bar here, and then you could see uh, different segments of us talking about them. Even if the videos are a little older, I still think there's a lot of value that, that kind of gets lost over time here, but just because we're pushing out so much content with our daily show and stuff like that. But Check out these videos for MLB Showdown strategy. And, you know, one thing, if you ever guys, if you guys ever built a showdown lineup on your phone, uh, usually DraftKings has the do not or uh, only show starters on by default. So you have to turn that off manually to go in and see the relief pitchers. And that is to help casual users not play pitchers that are uncertain if they're going to play right or to not play batters that are not in the starting lineup. So that is a way of helping their more casual fan base here. But for, for us, you know, using Sims and using optimizers, right. I would say everybody tuning into the show, everybody using Saber Sim is taking the game a little bit more serious, right? That is, that is an edge in and of itself right there that, that these users are these, these uh, other people in your contest are not seeing these players by default. Right. So I think that um, the Sims can, you know, sometimes get get a little excited with relief pitchers here. But I think that one thing that you could do is is use a website like that. Make sure that hey, you know, um, some relief pitcher that is highly projected, you know, maybe oh Nick Martinez is like really hot. Maybe Scott Barlow, right? Uh, did Scott Barlow throw you know twenty five pitches yesterday? Is he unlikely to pitch? The Sim is not accounting for that, right? And then one thing that I like to do is like, hey, let me go and look at all the players in the San Diego bullpen. And then let me see who I think is likely to play. And then if if Barlow is not going to pitch tonight, right? Well, well, these pitches have to go somewhere, right? So this 2.46 projection, I might want to redisperse that, right? I might want to give some to Steven Wilson. I might want to give some to Josh Hader, to Tom Cosgrove. Uh, these are ways to, to, to move those fantasy points around. I'm not adding fantasy points. I'm not artificially inflating this. I'm taking the fantasy points that SaberSim has given for the relief pitchers as a whole and just redistributing it to the guys I think are likely to pitch today. So 
couple different thoughts there, different ways to gain edge, but I think relief pitchers are very good here. And I think that you could uh, add some value by curating which ones are most likely to pitch and which ones are not most likely to pitch. All right. Great question there. Um, if anybody has any questions about anything I talked about, feel free to let me know. Happy to circle back and touch on those. But while we wait for any last questions to come in here, just want to remind you guys, if you guys are not playing over on owner's box, would highly recommend taking advantage of our support for their site. We partnered with owner's box at the beginning of the MLB DFS season here. First major optimizer to support contest on owner's box. They're an up and coming DFS site here. And because they are trying to grow a lot of their contests overlay, you can find reduced rate contests, no rate contests. You can even find contests where they are paying you to play your $5 entry becomes worth $6 by the time the contest starts because there's just simply not enough people playing those contests yet. So I don't expect that to last forever. I would take advantage of it while it lasts here, but also the user base is going to be softer than what you're going to find on FanDuel, DraftKings, or Yahoo. And then if you use promo code Saber or SaberSim when you sign up, one, you can get up to a $500 deposit bonus. Two, we will track your entry fees for you, and you can earn free months of SaberSim just by playing on the site and nothing else. Each time you hit one of our entry fee tiers here, we will reach out to you, let you know, hey, you have earned a free month of SaberSim. You can cash in on that right away, or you can wait till the next tier. Once you cash in on it, we will reset your tracking to zero, and you will automatically start earning towards your next free month. There is no limit on the amount of credit you can earn while this promotion lasts. If you are looking for this sign-up link, it is in the description of this video. So take advantage of it. But uh, with that being said, we are all caught up on questions, not seeing anything else rolling in here. Uh, we'll be right back here tomorrow, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern for our next show. If you guys are building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the Office Hours channel, drop it in the YouTube chat ahead of the show. I will have the shows scheduled for the week shortly here. And that just gets us a steady queue of questions to get started with for our next show here. So um, make sure to, to help us out while people continue to trickle in. Samuel said, it sounds like a lot of work, but something that could pay off in showdown things. Yeah. I mean, once you see that site, um, I don't think it, it, it goes pretty fast here, right? It's just uh, two teams and you know, it's not, it's not for every game on the slate. Right. So you're just looking at those two teams, looking at their bullpen usage and then trying to add some value. Right. So all in all, I say you could probably do it in under five minutes here, uh, but check, check it out. And the more you do it, the more, uh, the more used to it you'll get and the quicker that process will be. So I wish I could have displayed it for you, but issues with the site pulling up. So apologies for that, but I will see you guys later until tomorrow. Take care. Good luck in your contest. Bye.